Are we recording? <laughs> oh yeah! It's like <laughs> a year from now. <laughs> Macho. Oh man, that's Vincy. I like that my kids know that I'm healthy and strong and fit, and that their mom is healthy and strong and fit. Okay, I can still get better without having to do a max effort every single day. Smashing yourself on the roller for uh, an hour, right? you're good by the next day, as long as you had a sandwich and a net. On today's podcast, we are going to discuss the process of allowing clients to achieve one rep maximums in various lifts. Um, so we're going to discuss it from the process of having to train to achieve a test, versus uh, potentially when clients come in for an assessment, we can just do a certain test right on the spot and have a good, uh, some good data. So we'll start us off with today's conversation. We'll have Scott. So basically, why did you want to talk about this one? Yeah, I, I just, uh, <laughs> I've actually recently saw clients testing or going for a tough single or one rep max and just, I was happened to be in the gym at the same time and they were just asking me like, Oh, what, what should I go to next? This is basically where I was last time. This was where I was going to start. And I was like, well, you should probably do this, 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 and this. So start way lighter than you're starting right now and build up progressively. Do a one set at a light load for, you know, X amount of reps. And then kind of, as you're going, cut the reps down, build the weight up, make smaller jumps as you go up. Um, and so I just had the realization that they really didn't know how to properly approach it. And so I thought it'd be probably a good topic to discuss because there's probably a lot more people out there who have even less guidance that are trying to do this stuff that, you know, this would benefit, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, to give an example of talking about movements to train that you have to train to test them prior to being able to kind of get a good, uh, a good assessment of their current abilities. Um, even without much exposure. So um, maybe just think of an example of like a client that comes in and they're just, they're maybe they're just like a beginner intermediate level person. Well, almost any person really. Um, you can have them do like an AMRAP set of strict pull-ups or strict chest bar pull-ups on the spot. And like those numbers aren't going to change a hell of a lot in the course of four to six weeks. So you kind of have a good benchmark to start with right away. And then uh, versus that same person coming in and like, let's just put them in the beginner intermediate category. And maybe they're like 35, 40 years old. They really want to be fit. You're not going to ask them the max of their deadlift in that assessment. Or you shouldn't be, mm. in my opinion. You shouldn't yeah. be having them come in and go, yeah, we're going to max out your deadlift. There's probably two courses of action there, right? You're likely, if these people are, you know, if they are fit and they have been training and their goals are to be somewhat competitive in fitness, then yeah, you might go yeah over the course of the, they may you may ask them what their max deadlift is. They may not have a good answer. They have a vague answer of something like you know my best is two seventy five for five, and you just go all right. Well, that means your max is probably two seventy six to three thirty. Like I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> and so then you go all right. Well, maybe over the course of four to six weeks, we'll we'll prepare you because you haven't been doing consistent training. So we'll prepare you like maybe two times a week, give you little touches on deadlifts, and just conservatively add the load to a point where we feel you're competent to uh to maybe to like safely lift a heavy a heavy rep not a max rep but a heavy one Mm -hmm. and knowing that we're probably if you watch the person doing you're like yeah we're probably within you know five percent of your max maybe ten you're at the ballpark but you did it safely and they have some good numbers 
versus um, <clears throat> kind of the other scenario uh, with the where, with the person where like um, at that level you may in like just thinking of a deadlift you may never ever um, be training them with the idea of testing a max deadlift you may just be going yeah we're gonna test maxes in this test maxes in this we're not testing a max in a deadlift uh, for XYZ reasons like for you know 55 65 year old individuals that are just looking to be fast or sorry fit it might make more sense to go yeah your deadlift looks better now at 155 pounds but you're able to like the way we assess your power output is how fast can you get the air bike going or the echo bike like what's the max rpm but that's kind of getting uh beside the point of what we're trying to talk about is like the the, the idea of training to test something versus um just testing it right on the spot there's lots of other things you can do right with testing on the spot um like again you could for a lot probably a lot of people i don't know what you guys would think but for a lot of people that have like the adequate mobility and some experience with um with like pressing a barbell over their head you can probably do it that day yeah do you have any just do you think about that do you ever get you want to do that tom for, what? for, for an assessment like doing pressing like, would you ever have anyone like, like, what's something in in an assessment with a client, a new client, you would have that you would go, I'm okay with having them give me a max effort in this today, and I'm not okay with them giving me a max effort in this today. What are some of those things for you? Like, again, looking at looking at one metric, going, okay, for a pushing max, I'm okay with people doing push-ups, shoulder press, probably. Yeah. So I usually do. Uh, I check if they can press and if they can I will check their strength on it um, I always do pulling strength you mean as pr- if they can press overhead press overhead yeah. yeah like strict press I do I always check their pulling strength as well um, if they can do push-ups I see like how many they can do um, and then that's usually it I don't really test strength in many other things on the first day I usually am just looking to see how they squat can they hinge that sort of thing okay um, so maybe that kind of clears that up a little bit, like just giving examples of, again, things you can test right away and then versus things you have to test later on. But let's just say, um, so let's just say we give the scenario of a shoulder press versus a deadlift or versus a squat, that type of stuff. Um, there are similarities in how you're going to build up to a maximum in each of these things, but it kind of varies. It varies per person. <laughs> And it also varies per lift, in my opinion. So, for example, if you're building up in if if you're an experienced lifter, you're like, I'm going to build up to a max back squat today, and this is totally uh, just a generic idea. Um, but like, you could just say, yeah, I'm going to start off with, like, let's say you're projecting as a guy to get, I'm going to get 405 pounds for that's my goal to hit today for a max 400 pounds, 405. So you could just go, yeah, I'm going to first off, I'm going to do a basic. Uh, warm-up of just probably rowing and biking and some necessary mobility what i like to do then i'm probably going to do 10 reps with just the barbell and i'm going to go slow and feel it out see how i'm doing then i'll probably put 45s per side so it'll be 135 i'll probably do another set of 10 just to get moving and feel good because that's like 25 percent of my max type thing 30 percent then you probably go to 225 and maybe do a set of five to ten again because you're getting you're just over 50 percent of your projected max so it's light easy and then you might take, start taking smaller jumps from like, you know, go to 275, maybe do three to five reps, go like 315, do two to three reps. But then as you start creeping up higher and higher, you're going to start likely going down lower reps. 
Um, and then once you get above like 80, 85%, you're likely just doing singles, focusing on speed, doing it well. And then once you get to 90% and above, you probably only have two, you should probably only be doing like two lifts after that, give or take, depending on, on, the, on, the, on the movement. Like if it's a shoulder press, I don't think you, you can do more than two lifts because it's not really that big of a deal. But doing if you're doing a deadlift, you I'd probably do one, one lift yeah. above ninety yeah. percent around there. I definitely wouldn't be doing like five, unless you're a beginner. Um, but I think is that what you're getting at with like some when some clients go, like, well, what sh- how I sh- how should I be doing this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just kind of like <clears throat> where do I one where do I start? What yeah. should my starting weight be? Yeah. Because one, I find people will, and depending on where it fits into the workout, like if it's something they're testing after doing, say it's a back squat, but they've yeah. done some like Olympic lifting before that, they just be like, okay, well, I just finished like doing moderate clean and jerks. So I'll just start with that for my back squat, one rep max. I'm just like, but you haven't really done any back squatting. So maybe you should just start like you haven't done any warm up yet and just start warming up your back squat as if it was the first thing you've done. And so just starting there, it's just like start really light, like you said, and then just slowly build. And as you build, the number of reps you're doing decreases. And at a certain point, the, the, the size of the jump you're making each time you do a set decreases as well. Yeah. Like you shouldn't be making a 30-pound jump, then a 50-pound jump, then a 30-pound jump, and then a 50-pound jump. Like that just doesn't make any sense, obviously. So if you're making 30-pound jumps, maybe you make two 30-pound jumps, then it goes 20 pounds, and then it goes <clears throat> 15 pounds, 10 pounds, 5 pounds, whatever. It depends on the lift, obviously, but just, just approaching it in a and way. And the available plates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not a problem for me. But, um, just keep stacking those reds. But yeah, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's the kind of the general idea. Um, and, it, how, and, and obviously the movement will dictate how you approach it. Your strength will dictate how you approach it. Like how I would approach a one rep max back squat would be a lot different than how Jason approaches it. And mm. the amount of sets probably that I, like I won't make as big a jumps because my my back squat's not as high as Jason's, for example, right? Yeah. So it, does, it well, doesn't make sense for does. Jason to do a ton of sets at like weights that I would use as a warm up for my back squat because his back squat's probably 150 pounds heavier than mine, you know? That does come into effect of, I used to have a system of you get to 90% in as few sets as possible for the slow movement lifts, like anything, any strict pressing deadlift or squat, simply because um, the real work starts happening above 90% because that's when the bar slows you down. So if you've done a lot of time under tension before that, you're going into your heaviest, slowest reps Mm pre-fatigued. Now there is that balance of you want to be, you want your nervous system excited enough and you want your joints greased up enough. Don't actually put grease on them. Um, <laughs> but you you want to be prepared, but not fatigued. Yeah. And that's going to be slightly different for everybody. But that idea of getting heavy fast for the slow movements, I find that works really well for, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, because <coughs> I would say the women in general have a, a a better time working in and around that 90% plus if they're very warm mm-hmm. whereas dudes will fatigue yeah. faster yeah. generally yeah. generally yeah that's yeah, for me prime example of that with with a lift that I'm okay with building up quickly so not going I'm going to start out at like uh, at 25% and do 10 and then do like what deadlift I would do one, like twos 
and ones and I would take large jumps when I when I was deadlifting regularly and I would yeah I would get to close to 90% quickly because I felt fine yeah and because if I felt like I did more I just got tired mm-hmm. um, but think, with back but with back squat squatting wasn't like that I yeah. felt I felt better when I did more but it could just be because of my mechanical uh, inefficiencies right where I just I, felt I just better say that if a, if a movement requires more focus or more skill mm-hmm. Then the then the jumps are obviously just, less, and you take more sets. I find, right? and we're just not good at squatting. Yeah, right. But so even just, like when you think about like snatching and clean and jerk, yeah. for example, like you would probably take more sets to get your one rep max than you would a back squat. Yeah, just because it's more technically like yeah. technically, and you probably right? take more sets for snatching. Yeah, right. Over, over the clean and jerk. jerk. Yeah, right. for sure. Right, you're like it's more about just get it right, get it right. Clean and jerks, like let's just. Well, yeah. It's, Pour you, the coffee. Because let's the go. amount of yeah, <laughs> the amount of time the bar is on your on your body and you're supporting the bar and you're moving the bar is yeah. so much less. Because yeah. there's and there's so much less eccentric on on those moves. So let's think a little differently now. So maybe uh, maybe it is clear for people. Like maybe it's just let's just recap that. So yeah. if you're going to build up to a maximum in the slow lifts and even with like a weighted pull up, a bench press, like a, a weighted pull up would be a good one, right? Like you're going to build up and weight to a max pull-up. You're not doing sets of 10 strict pull-ups to yeah. start because that's going to vastly affect your maximum yeah. um, because, like, it's not you're not at 50% load. Like, when we're saying do sets of 10 back squat at, like, 25%, um, if you're, like, you can do 25% if you're able to do 300% body weight on pull-ups because, <laughs> like, <laughs> if you're doing pull-ups with 450 pounds, then, yeah, you know, you pull up <laughs> with just your body weight. Yeah, you're at, like, and you weigh 150 fantastic right you're at 25 percent, but so you automatically have to slide into that other scale and go you're probably just gonna be doing like focusing on sets of two and three but again just focusing on doing the movement quick so maybe you do like three bodyweight pull-ups then you add 20 pounds you do two and then you then you're probably at singles like just doing a one at a time just adding weight adding weight <clears throat> uh, whereas with the barbell lifts obviously you could scale the weight accordingly so yeah you might just start at like about 25% of your max for 10 reps potentially. Um, and then you're just going to slowly increase the load, like maybe 10 to 15% jumps at a time. Once you get to 50, you're going at like 10% max jumps. When you get to like 75, you're probably going 5%. But then at that point, you're doing like sets of two max. And then you get to 80 and you're probably doing singles mm-hmm. for the most part, right? Like yeah. maybe twos, but your last set of two will probably be around 80, 85. But again, this is where it starts chaining. Some people prefer to do it longer yeah. or shorter all preference and don't get hung up on the percentage. but the big thing but yeah but the big thing is being like i would say treat each rep you're doing like it's one rep like it's one rep times 10 sets within a set of 10 as opposed to doing 10 back squats just doing them it's like do one rep set one rep set like rehearse 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 just rehearse. have a ton of intention yeah um and then the i think and so i think i think that's maybe that's clear for people and like we're saying with deadlifting back squatting most people you're going to have to train to test so it's going to take four, six, eight weeks to train effectively to give us a good data point. And to do it safely. Too. And to do it right. safely is the main one of those. Versus like AMRAP strict pull-ups, let's just go right now. Even in most cases, probably an AMRAP or max weight weighted pull-up. If you don't have any issues, you're probably okay to do it. If someone's getting like a five-pound pull-up, great. Well, we got a data point. Same with the press. Um, did you have something to add there, Tom? No, it was, it's probably going to be more towards the fast lifts. But just how you said with the intent of doing 10 reps on the back squat, even if it's not a heavy weight, just really focusing on, like, form and intent. Same thing for the speed lifts because I find people 
more so that don't have coaches. They tend to rush those warm-up lifts a lot. And uh, it's like something Those are all that, rehearsal, right? Yeah. It's like always something that I point out to people is yeah. to treat it like practice, treat it as if it is a max attempt each time. And I think I'd sometimes do a little bit too much maybe, but um, I definitely practice positioning a lot, even if it's something that maybe I'm perceived at being good at. Like for <coughs> snatching, for instance, I can put up a reasonable number, but I still, during my warm-up sets, <coughs> treat it uh, as I'm learning still, always. So I just wanted to add that. Okay. And then another one, another thing I would think uh, to think about, so if we have those lifts where we're adding load to it, Think, so let's just think about how would you tell someone to max out when the load doesn't change. So we're doing AMRAPs, right, where it's a fixed load, your body weight. So how do you tell people that, to warm up and prepare for AMRAP, right? Think about how much different that is, right? Where the load isn't changing, now you're focusing on repetitions when you're asking for maxing out. And think about how much different, like, again, trying to suggest this is how, we're, this is how I want you to warm up for this max. Any first thoughts on that? Just think about how much different that is to tell people. Because you can't say, like, well, now you can't follow our previous formula because there's, no there's no adding load. <clears throat> no, like AMRAP ring muscle-ups. Yeah. Like AMRAP chest-to-bar pull-ups. Yeah. AMRAP toes-to-bar. Five-minute AMRAP strict handstand push-ups. Oh, like, so you're not talking about AMRAP barbell movements necessarily? No. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's where, I, that's where my head was yeah, going. I was like, well, you Even similar. Well, you you, you, a lot well, of the AMRAP, similar veins. AMRAP deadlifts at 225. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, so, well, I don't so my head, my head immediately went there. So with that, like, just since we are, it would be the same, kind of, kind of. But I think you would you would warm up in a similar fashion, but you would go above what the AMRAP weight would be, right? Yeah. Most likely, like you would go above. How much higher would kind of depend on your comfort level and your experience with that movement. But if I was doing AMRAP deadlifts at two twenty five, I'd probably end up working up to two seventy five or three fifteen for. Would you put a weight vest on for AMRAP chest bar pull up warm up? No. Why not? I, I personally wouldn't. I know. Well, but it, I think for all well, for me, technically, my technical proficiency would come into play there. So I just, my movement would start to change if I had a weight vest on. And I wouldn't want my movement to change in my warm up. I'd want it to be consistent the whole time. Your movement will change with a heavier barbell. What's that? Your movement will likely change with a heavier barbell. I'm just like making you go. Yeah, but no, but, but I, 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 I agree with you. So my technical proficiency, how, like, though, I know, with I know no one would put a weight vest on. Yeah. Right? Just think of that. Yeah. But but I think it does come down to that because it's gonna because it's gonna it's gonna unduly affect the mechanics yeah. of the movement. Yeah. Where where like where you start overvaluing uh, motor unit activation and undervaluing preparation. Mm -hmm. Like when you're like, why wouldn't you put a weight vest on? You're gonna warm up. You're like, well, this is where you're taking science and stretching it in a, into a place it doesn't belong. Um, but the logic of doing like touch and go clean and jerks twenty thirty pounds above. The doing Grace or doing Isabel makes sense because mm -hmm. it kind of just gets you warmed up, right? And perceptually, it just makes it feel better, yeah, right. <clears throat> but what I'm what I'm really talking about is like how do you how do you want people warming up for AMRAP chest of our pull ups, right? Like kipping, yeah, kipping. Okay. Or like how do you want how do you want people warming up for an AMRAP set of ring muscle ups? AMRAP bar muscle ups. Oh, I mean, you obviously go from a general warm up to a more so, specific okay. warm up. Like Let's we think, would, yeah. So think yeah. about like what's the commonalities between Person one, person two. Person one, you know their AMRAP set of ring muscle ups is three. Okay? <laughs> Versus person two, their AMRAP set of ring muscle ups is 25. Yeah. Right? So just think about how that changes it, knowing, right? So then you'll start changing the strategy. So what do you think the commonalities between the two would be? Well, they'd both start with a general warm up. 
Yeah. Right. Get their get their heart rate up. Get their muscle tissue a yeah. little bit warm. Get some blood flow. Uh, and then they would do some specific warm up prep. So they would probably open up their shoulders. Um, <clears throat> you know, warm up their their elbows because they're gonna be pulling. Yeah. Warm up their kip because obviously they're gonna be kipping if yeah. they're doing ring muscle ups. Um, and that's really where the commonality I think would probably end because then mm-hmm. how you approach it from there, you're you're then you're gonna start warming up for the specific task at hand. Yeah. Someone who has a lot of ring muscle ups will probably do a couple of sets of you need three, four, five ring muscle ups potentially, mm-hmm. or combined combined with something else that's sweaty. Yeah, exactly. To or actually warm them up because they're gonna has, be on the rings for about a minute. Yeah, and so someone who has <laughs> your hoping is gonna get three ring muscle ups, they probably previously have one or two. Yeah, right. So they are gonna do more. They'll do some progression work, probably, which the person mm-hmm. who hit 25 room muscle-ups might do a little bit of progression work, but mm-hmm. might the, not. Depends, they're they're right? probably really, they'd probably be really particular to them if they Exactly, like that. it depends on the yeah, person. Yeah, it's like a once-through, just to check in the box, yeah. make sure everything's good to go. If you're like that, right? But someone who has a low number of ring muscle-ups, they'll, they'll spend more time doing the progression type stuff. Just be like, okay, I'm going to do my banded ring muscle-up transitions. Those, okay, those feel fine. Ring swings, okay, cool. Ring pull-up, keeping ring pull-ups, got it. They may attempt... One ring muscle up. Yeah, they may even use a spotter initially. Yeah, and then and then that's it, and then it's go time. Yeah, but not get nice and sweaty before. Exactly. There's there's no need, right? Yeah. Just as long as they feel good with the movement. The person doing a set of twenty five, you'd probably want to combine it with like yeah, maybe do like do a couple maybe maybe like one set of three just to feel it out. Keep biking to probably probably even without your arms, just bike. Um, maybe a little bit with your arms, maybe roll a little bit and that, but probably easy not to take too much out of you. Even just do some like box jumps and that type of stuff, just to get your hips warmed up, um, but just to get yourself sweaty because it's like you don't want to come down a rep early if you're going to try to get 26. It turns because, into an aerobic effort. Yeah, well, because for sure, what it just you get well, you get a large aerobic response, right? In terms of the demand of oxygen need because you you're going for so long, right? Because your abdomen's going to need oxygen because you're doing so many kips, right? Your freaking well, your legs are going to like there's going to be a large demand, right, for oxygenation, so. The response is going to be a lot of breathing, right, and a lot more cardiac output. And you just want to make sure you're somewhat prepared for that so that you don't come down early because it hits you a little early going, you're like, <sighs> like breathing and going, frick, I should have gotten a bit more blood flow to my upper body. So I maybe push that occlusion back one rep, right? Or I push that blood pump back one extra rep. Is that, just because is that what warmer. you think about now, your occlusion? My occlusion? My, occlusion. my occlusion. I occluded early. <laughs> Use your occlusion. Guns and Roses. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, and then you think about it with Toast Bar, similar things, right? Um, for people that are like, and like a, a great example, I think, is the strict handstand push up one, the five minute AMRAP strict handstand push up test that we've been using. Or I don't remember when I first started using that, but a long time. It's a great test. Yeah, it's simple, right? Yeah. It was before 2013. Because <laughs> that's when Tom did it. It must have been 2012, yeah, 20, 2012, 2011. But like for someone like that, where you're getting like low reps, like an ungodly low reps, you're pretty much like you're st- like whenever the person like kicks up on the wall and they make the first rep, the clock is started. You're like, okay, we're going. This is it. Uh, and now you're gonna rest a minute and you're gonna hit another one. Okay, good. Uh, <clears throat> and we're gonna wait till the end and good. So you got maybe five reps on six attempts in five minutes, right? That's just max effort upper body work. It's, and it's just it, like the warm up required for that is way different than someone who's like, you know, I'm going to try to get 80 plus. Right? Yeah. 
I'm, I'm going to try to get 80 plus. Like it's just it's a totally different, totally different ball game when you're going for maxes when the load remains the same. So going back to like uh, like major lift one RM testing, uh-huh. what's your guys' take on not hitting your previous one rep max? Because you are the, the theory is you already know you can hit it, so you hit something below it so that you can try and attempt to hit something above it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to have a, um, uh, a little bit of a system too. It, it would be, I know this is for like power lifters or athletes who are um, consistently trying to max out where if you, you get to your 90% as fast as you can on, on for that day, and then you do 92% of your max, 95% of your max, 98% of your max, and then based on how fast that bar moved, then you decide whether you're going to go for a PR or shut it down that day. Because you you already know you can hit 100%. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> Eventually, you want to just push past it, and now you have a new max, and now all of your percentages are based off of that. And that's that worked for approaching a really heavy scary weight with a plan and you also kind of because there's a psychological component to to very heavy lifting so if you have a plan going in you know you have a escape ramp at any time (coughs) if it's not the day then that's that's a a completely different way than going like you have to do 100% of your max and you barely did it last time so I, I, I don't I don't really think too much about it um yeah, I would say with like specifically with lifts that people care about in CrossFit, right, and in fitness in general, um, like the ones that people really care about are like front squat, back squat, snatch, clean, and jerk. Those are the main ones. Mm-hmm. Overhead squat, I don't think people care that much about, mm-hmm. um, unless unless they're close to like a big milestone. Yeah, right. Something like that. I don't think people care that much about deadlifts either. Yeah. They should, but they don't. Um, but yeah, I, I like I don't know. I I, I personally I, I'm I'm. <coughs> I understand that of going like, well, you know, you want to make sure you can achieve, like you, if you're going to go for a maximum and you're really going to go for it, then like maybe try to add, go above it. But um, like the more, the more, the more times you successfully hit the same load. And if it is a hundred percent, if you can successfully hit it, that just builds confidence when it comes time to actually competing and when it actually counts, not mm-hmm. just in training. Right. So you're like, I know I can hit this because I've hit it over and over and over and over, as opposed to ending training sessions with failures yeah. because you're not going to PR. Well, I was just going right? to say that, like, hit 100% and you make it, but the people who hit 100% and make it, they're not stopping at 100%. They're going to go for PR. Yeah. Then if they fail, then mm-hmm. that, and then it feel, fail, yeah. feels like a failed testing session, Yeah, right? Which isn't good either. Yeah. But that's also why, like, with those lifts, you kind of kind of have to allow for autonomy right and go if it feels good today just keep going Mm -hmm. like if it feels good go if it doesn't feel good and it does say work to a single just know that you're going to work up to a heavy single and go back off that Mm because like the idea you're going to be able to predict that oh yeah two weeks from now this is when we're going to hit our max you're like no (laughs) it doesn't work like that with those lifts like if people feel good if you can give them the settings for it like you give them rest mental rest whatever uh, and you reduce some of the loading, which is the like the basic stuff you can give them. But then you got to hope sleeping continues to be good, digestion, food continues to be good, relationship continues to be good, like all this stuff continues to be the same. And then yeah, we can predict you're going to feel better in two weeks. Um, but I would just go with, and just that's another tangent. I would just say, 
if your session calls for something heavy and you're like, you know what, I feel really, it's, you're supposed to do snatch, hang snatch. And you're like, man, I feel really good on this snatch today. Just keep going. Yeah. Just keep adding yeah. the weight on because that's probably the best time for you to do it. For sure. And then probably follow the rules. <laughs> yeah, kind of. And that's when you would probably not go for your hit the max again. You would be like, let's just go past it. Yeah. So kind of touching on that and then adding in like the psychology, psychology component, component that Jason had mentioned earlier. Um, I have like, so when you're testing like a slow lift, for example, like a, like a close grip bench press or a back squat or something like that, typically as you get closer to the max, the number of reps you do decrease, the weight jumps decrease, like we talked about, but the, the time between sets also increases. Yeah. Um, <coughs> where some clients of mine with something like snatching, which is very skillful, like going on the same rest interval the whole time. Mm-hmm. and actually perform better when they have less rest as opposed to more rest. And it comes down to like the psychology of the movement or they're, you know, they're, they're stuck on one weight and they can't wrap their head around it. And the more the rest, the more they think about it. So the shorter the rest that they have, then the more likely they are to succeed at yeah. that attempt. Do you guys ever experience that with, with your clients and with yeah. any lifts other than <clears throat> snatching? And, and clean and jerk potentially, but less so. Yeah. Definitely snatching. It's it's one of the one it's one of those lifts right where if you start distracting individuals by like having a clock so you start removing you start removing areas of thinking from them and it gets narrower and narrower that's kind of how they would perform better right like even for some people they might even perform better by doing double unders with snatching mm-hmm. because they have less time to think and you're like I got to do ten double unders snatch okay add five pounds ready okay go again ten double unders snatch. Add five pounds. Ready? And they might hit a max or more than a max, right? But that's just because they're not that great at lifting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's really what that is, right? Because fatigue is not the limiting factor in the lift. It's literally, it's probably like just stop thinking and do the lift correctly. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Like, would you ever see a weightlifter show up on stage with a skipping rope <laughs> <laughs> and go, it's like, lifting next, uh, <laughs> basin jerk. <laughs> Out of, South, <laughs> out of South Calgary. It's like, oh, he has a, I think he brought a Zeus rope with him. It's like, oh, he's doing 15 reps and he walks up. Oh, he hit it. He made the rep. Like, that's what you're, that's what you're saying, right? You're going like, but these, these are not the same performers, right? So I would just, I'm guessing that just by distracting these people and letting them not think about what they're doing and then having them just focus on process, like just lift bar, get under, done. They'll lift better. <laughs> I like basin jerk. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. If you like us, don't forget to leave us a review wherever you listen and tell some friends. This is how new people can find out about us. Make sure you follow the Instagram for updates on upcoming episodes at Spiral Out Podcast. We don't have any formal plans for topics that we're going to cover on this show, but if there's any topics that you guys want to hear more about or something that we haven't covered yet, make sure you send those questions to spiraloutpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send us a message on Instagram. I can't promise that we will cover every topic, but we will definitely read all of the messages. And last but not least, for anyone looking for coaching, make sure you head over to OptimumPerformanceCalgary.com. I will include that link in the show notes.
If you live here in Calgary, we offer personal training as well as individual design. For those that live far, we also have remote coaching available. If you're interested in attending a fitness camp or possibly hosting one at your facility, you can also find information about those there. We do not plan to cover any of the topics that are covered in the fitness camp to make sure that those stay unique. Thank you for listening. Until next time.